This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 181, Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, July 2nd. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. This is episode 181, the comic reviews episode for the comics that came out Wednesday, July 2nd. Uh, this is going to be a super quick episode, partially because it's super late. Um, this is actually coming to you on July 10th, which is obviously a little bit later than we would normally hope, as comics have already come out for the 9th. So I'm just going to do a kind of a quick rundown. Um, I actually didn't even get a chance to look at that many of the comics that actually came out last week. Uh, so let's just jump right in, why don't we? Uh, as I said, this will be a quick episode, not as detail-oriented as it sometimes is. Uh, first up is X, All New X-Factor number 10 uh, by Peter David with artwork by Carmine DiGiomenico. It remains of an enjoyable book. Uh, we're moving the plot line along further with um, uh, George's father have, has abducted her. She's trying to escape. Uh, we're learning more about their abilities and what, what he does as a villain. Uh, Gambit and the rest of the team are trying to save her. Uh, so they kind of storm this, this stronghold to uh, save her life. Also, Harrison finds out about Gambit sleeping with his wife. Um, a lot of things going on. I found it quite enjoyable. Um, the artwork was smooth as always. I like this interpretation of Gambit, how he's not only written by Peter David, but also illustrated by DJ Domenico. Um, so this is a really solid outing. But again, that's not much of a surprise at this point in the game. Uh, next up is... Uh, this is where I realized that I've missed some books that I didn't even realize I'd missed uh, reading this week. Uh, next up is Batman Eternal number 13. Uh, such a solid, solid issue. Um, so it's written by Scott Snyder and James Tinian IV contributed to the story with the script by James Tinian IV. Ray Fox, John Lehman, and Tim Seeley were the contributing writers with artwork by Mikkel Yannan and Guillermo Ortego. Uh, I really like Yannan's take on these characters, so this is actually probably one of the best plot issues. We have Gordon is, uh, is visited by his his son in prison, and they have a, a nice little um, head-to-head there. But what's really interesting is seeing Bard put his plan into motion with Sawyer and uh, Bullock, and they have a plan to work with Vicky Vale to basically uh, hit simultaneously a bunch of uh, Falcone uh, hideouts um, under the uh, pretenses that they're there to arrest the uh, Batman's associates. And uh, they're, they kind of put the commissioner into a very weird spot where he kind of is basically almost blackmailed by, by the truth, really, um, when it comes to having to leave them in jail. And obviously Falcone's not too happy about that. Um, so it's interesting to see how Bard puts his plan into motion. We're still so early on in the book. I'm excited to see where that goes next. But everything goes so well here, you just know shit is going to hit the fan soon. In fact, as I read this, I realize that I haven't read issue 14 yet that came out this past week, but maybe the shit already has hit the fan. Um, Stephanie Brown loses a friend and an ally, and it uh, looks like at some point she's the, crew, the Clue Master is really messing with her life. Uh, I'm interested to see when she becomes spoiler uh, and how that all kind of comes to fruition. I'm really enjoying uh, her part of the story. I mean, it feels like we are retreading kind of the classic ground of the spoiler origin over a longer period, but I like how they're writing it, so I'm okay with them revisiting old ground. I mean, it's okay to revisit old ground if you put a new spin on it and tell an engaging story. Sometimes it's just not the case, but here, it, thankfully, it is. Uh, we have Black Widow number 8. This remains such a fantastic book. Uh, this is a great issue, too, with a nice um, nice uh, team-up. Well, not kind of a team-up. Nice interaction with Winter Soldier. So it's written by Nathan Edmondson with artwork by Phil Noto. Um, so I like that we have more on 
the Black Widow's uh, associate doing his own thing, as well as her going up against the Winter Soldier, and they're kind of on the opposite sides of, a, of, of the story. Um, they end up kind of have, having to have a team up so they can survive, and obviously Natasha doesn't remember the relationship she had with um, Winter Soldier, so it's really interesting to see what their interaction is like. Um, and I'm interested to see what happens to Black Widow's associate, because shit appears to be going down right at the end of this issue. Uh, so this remains really great. I think that, is it next issue or the issue after is going to have the team up with the Punisher? Really pumped to see what that's going to be like. Um, you know, and I just realized, I have not actually given any ratings for any of the books I've talked about so far. Uh, so for All New X-Factor, I'm going to give it an 8. For Batman Eternal, I'm going to give it a 9. And Black Widow, I'm going to give it an 8.5 out of 10. Uh, next up is Captain America 22. We're starting a new arc here. Um, so this is written by Rick Remender with our artwork by Carlos Pacheco. Um, so we're kind of going back to the Zola kind of era, because uh, we're bringing Zola's... I guess he Zola has a, a stronghold that's been teleported basically into New York. Uh, there's a lot of things... I I don't think this was as strong as issue as it could have been. It feels like there's a lot of setup. Um, the fact that, once again, Captain America doesn't have the super soldier serum, and he's, he's old now, and uh, Zola's forces show up. Uh, you have kind of the build-up to Axis coming up, so you have Zola talking to the newest version of Red Skull that we have that in the uh, current continuity at this time. I don't think the plot moved ahead as much here. Obviously, a lot of people were, were upset because it looks like Jet Black uh, had sex with uh, the Falcon, which, who cares? As she says, she was at least 23, if not more. Um, so I, I didn't find this issue as strong as previous issues had been. Um, just because I thought it meandered a little bit more. Uh, there could have been a little bit more of an ongoing kind of thrust in the story. And again, it felt more like a setup and too much so. So I'm going to give it a 6. Uh, next up is Earth 2, number 25. This was really, really well done. I, I continue to enjoy it. It's by Tom Taylor with Nicholas Scott. Unfortunately, Nicholas Scott, I believe, is not going to be doing the artwork soon. Is leaving in a few months. They just announced it, I think, today or the other day. Um, and Tom Taylor is going to be uh, joined by, I think, Margaret Bennett, uh, who's also the writer on the upcoming Weekly involved with um, World's End. So, uh, so some shakeups are happening. Um, this issue really interesting we see Val kind of learning we learn more about Val's history and who he is and what why he wears the shield of S uh, sort of the house of L's shield um, the Flash goes up against now I forget what her name is but uh, this character they've been fighting against and she's pretty much gone and pushed into infinity um, you have more on Superman and his family and he kills Pa Kent he's merciless uh, he's just not quite understanding what's going on he's um, and it looks like a boom tube is opened up at the end, and that's gonna kind of fuck with things. Uh, it looks like next issue, next issue we're going to have uh, Val versus Ka- uh, Kal-El. Um, it really felt like everything was coming to a head. We got a little bit more story here for the extra dollar. Uh, I'm gonna give it an eight. I thought it was uh, this book remains entertaining and enthralling as much as it is very, a very different book than when Robinson wrote it. It has gone well so far. I mean, I like this the storyline I like that we have like it feels very different from the mainstream DC universe and if you're going to have a book called Earth 2 it should be different and that's what we have so I am enjoying it uh, next up is Guardians of the Galaxy Galaxy's Most Wanted uh, this is just kind of a one shot 
Uh, I believe it's just a one-shot. I hope it is. Um, it's written by Will Corona Pilgrim, who I don't think I know of. Uh, it's artwork by Andrea DeVito, who I used to like, and I still do, but I found the artwork not nearly as strong as it has been in the past. Um, maybe just his take on Rocket Raccoon wasn't quite to my taste, or his take on Groot, who's starting to look more and more like the movie Groot, and less and less like the Groot that we kind of had a few years ago. Um, it's alright, it was just kind of a fun one-off, but I just felt like in a week where we had this one-off, you had Legendary Star-Lord, and you had the debut of Rocket Raccoon, they could have gone a little bit light on the Gal- on the Gardens of the Galaxy, especially with Rocket being in two of them, I just felt like it was a little much. Um... The artwork was nice, the story was a little derivative, and it, was, it didn't feel like a necessary one-shot. I'm going to give it a six and a half. Uh, next up is Iron Fist, uh, The Living Weapon, number four. This is just phenomenal. Um, the artwork's great. Uh, the way the writing Daniel Rand. Uh, a lot of it's basically a flashback, but an incredibly fascinating one. Uh, the artwork is gorgeous. Um, the ending definitely makes you wonder what the hell's going to happen to Danny now. Uh, this was great. I mean, uh, it's such a great uh, fusion of artwork and story because you have one, like the writer is the artist, and you just get a different take on it, and he's able to do different things in his script and in his art than he might be able to do otherwise. I'm going to give it a 9. I thought it was just a fantastic book. Um, let's see. Next up is Moon Knight, number 5. Uh, oh, my God. Like This was a great great week for books. Um, Warren Ellis and Declan Shavey put together a fantastic issue. I think they still have one after this. Um, these Dunham ones are just so fantastic and Moon Knight basically goes into a building to rescue someone and he destroys everyone in the building Um, it's not heavy on plot or character it's just an extremely well done action sequence and um, and it makes you really fear Moon Knight I'm going to give it a 9 again uh, Ellis knows when to dial back and just let his artist do its thing and that's exactly what happened here and it worked out really well really really well um Next up is Original Sin number 5, ostensibly the big book of the week. Um, I was really let down by this. Um, so it's written by Jesse, uh, sorry, Jason Aaron and Mike Diodato is on art. It's really, it's it's the secret history of Colonel Nicholas J. Fury. I They've done so much to try and retcon things into Nick Fury's history, and this is just yet another. Um, so now we have Nick Fury basically being inducted into this, by Howard Stark, into being the kind of the man on the wall, who's defending the Earth, and he's going to do all these cosmic things, cosmic uh, assassinations, etc. He does all these things that people never knew, and uh, he's still doing them now, and then the, the Watcher's dead now, that maybe it's Nick Fury's turn to die. I just felt, it felt really short, because the plot ground to a halt. We're doing all these secret, you know, revelations of the secret history of Nick Fury. Um, I mean, the art was gorgeous. I thought the story left a little bit to be desired. Uh... Just because I've already read the best Nick Fury story in the world, and it's called Secret Warriors, and this just felt like another thing tacked on to Nick Fury. He already, what, led the Avengers in 1959, didn't he? And he was, had a head shield, and he had all these things. He was involved with the original shield, which we already saw, and, and with him in Ares, and, or not Ares, um, fuck, I forget his name, but if you read Secret Warriors, you'll know. And then in this book, then he's also like this cosmic kind of guy on the cosmic wall protecting the Earth. It just almost asks, makes you ask more questions as to why it hasn't been around more so. Um, I'm going to give it a 6. The art was great. I thought the story left a lot to be desired. Uh, next up is... Uh, eh, let's go Rocket Raccoon. Uh, actually, no, let's go Punisher. Sorry, I should go alphabetical. It's the way I like to go. Uh, Punisher number 8 is fantastic. 
Um, some of the best art we've seen in the book so far by Carmen Carnero. Uh, Nathan Edmondson and Kevin Moyer wrote it. It's El Diablito Part 2. So uh, the Punisher and the man he's recently saved, they go up against Crossbones. They try to rescue more of his team. Um, they are, have work out an effective way of uh, trying to get their way free and away from Crossbones. Uh, Punisher ends up being basically taken aboard by uh, Crossbones. We don't know what happens afterwards. And then we flash forward a year and the guy is now part of the kind of Punisher squadron basically. And uh, he really takes to heart what happened with uh, Frank Castle and that he's always going to be inspired by Frank Castle. So I thought this was a really great issue because you see the impact that Frank Castle can can, uh, can have on others. Um, they work together. He's able to help this guy survive with part of his t- squad and uh, has a profound impact on the man going forward. And I thought it was just brilliantly written, uh, extremely well illustrated. I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. This is a big week in terms of 9s. And then last up, we have Rocket Raccoon, which was, a, which was fun. Rocket Raccoon has an ongoing series now, written and illustrated by Scotty Young. It's a little silly at times, but that's what Rocket Raccoon has kind of got to be like in his own ongoing. Um, it's fun, it's silly, uh, it's fast-paced. Um, there's another ra- ra- Rocket Raccoon kind of out there. Uh, so we'll see what interesting happens there. Um, very A little simplistic at times, but again, I don't expect much more from a Rocket Raccoon comic. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Not the best book of the week, and maybe not as good as I was hoping it would be, but it was definitely fun. So books I didn't get a chance to read this particular week include 100th Anniversary Special, number one, Fantastic Four. I started reading it, could not get through it, no thanks. Uh, Action Comics 33, which is another chapter of Doomed. Uh, Just didn't get a chance, I am excited to read it. Aquaman and the Others, number four, totally forgot about that, I'm going to have to track that one down. Uh, Batman 66 meets Green Hornet, number two. Batman Superman 12, Batwing 33, Daredevil 0.1. This was the Infinite comic that's, I guess, now been re-released. I didn't get a chance to read this yet, but I read part of it, and I love what I'd read. Uh, Deadpool vs. X-Force, number one. Figment, number two. Ferris, 27. Green Arrow, 33. Green Lantern, 33, uh, which I'm excited to read because I have been enjoying the Uprising. Uh, Hinterkind, number nine. Justice League 3000, number eight. Legendary Starlord, number one. It's in my pile. I just haven't had a chance yet. Magneto, number six. Miles Morales, Ultimate Spider-Man, number three. Miracle Man, number eight. New 52, Future's End, number nine. Scooby-Doo Team-Up, number five. Superman Unchained, seven. Swamp Thing, 33. Thor, God of Thunder, 24. Tiny Titans, Return of the Treehouse, number two. And Trinity of Sin, Phantom Stranger, 21. Uh, looking forward to this coming week, or yesterday, really. Um, some highlights are new issues of Batgirl. I'm excited for this, a new edition of the Batman Bruce Wayne Fugitive storyline. Um, we got a new chapter of Batman Eternal coming out, and the next issue of Manipul's, uh, Manipul and Bugelato's Detective Comics in issue 33. You have the launch of a new era for Dick Grayson and Grayson number one coming. Green Lantern Corps 33, which is a new chapter of Uprising. Uh, a new issue of Justice League United. Um, let's see, you've got the new chapter of. Oh, another book that came out this week they didn't get a chance to read was the new issue of New Warriors. I just realized I missed that. Um, the fourth trade paperback of the Nightwing New 52 series, uh, Second City, is coming out as well, as well as new issues of Superman, Wonder Woman, and World's Finest, as well as the second trade paperback for Talon. Uh, from, uh, let's take a look at Marvel. Highlights include Amazing Spider-Man 1.3, so it's the next chapter of Learning to Crawl. Amazing X-Men number 9, Avengers number 32, which is another original sync crossover. Avengers Undercover number 7, Captain Marvel number 5, Daredevil 5, uh, new issue of Fantastic Four, which has, which is an issue, 
an Original Sin issue, uh, as well as the second paperback of the Gardens of the Galaxy by Jim Valentino uh, run. Uh, we've got Nightcrawler 4, Original Sin 5.1, Original Sins 3, the debut of Spider-Man 2099, and as well as a new issue of Superior Foes of Spider-Man, I believe the last issue of Winter Soldier Bitter March, and new issues of Wolverine and X-Force with the trade paperback version of Battle of the Atom uh, finally coming out. Uh, so I guess that's everything for this week. Uh, sorry it's such a short episode, but we'll be back next episode probably with a longer uh, reviews episode. I'm ho- your host, Adam Chapman. I hope you've enjoyed the episode. Please rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, send us an email at comicshenetigans at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Post on our HC Realms thread. And also subscribe to us on iTunes so that you'll get all the new episodes uh, directly downloaded to your iOS device. Uh, thanks again for joining me. I'm not sure what our next episode will be in episode 182, but uh, hopefully you will uh, download that episode and find out then. So thanks for joining us for this episode, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>